Welcome to episode four of our Noel Roach interviews. This episode is sponsored by three local businesses, which we'd like to thank so much for their very generous support. Williams's Pharmacy, The Eagle Car Sales in Limerick, Doombeg Pods and Cottages in Doombeg. Okay, so moving on to Intercounty, Noel, where did it all take off? Yeah, it kind of happened, I, I, I suppose, unexpectedly. That's all I can say. I was working with Warner International down in Kilrush at the time. Paddy McInerney was the boss down there. And uh, I can remember on a September day, um, we were making short trips at the time. And um, coming towards the evening time, uh, a person walked into the into where I was working. And I knew him because he was a very good footballer in his day, uh, Michael Maloney from Shannon Gales. And uh, he, he called me, he said, Noel, can I have a word with you? And I said, okay. And uh, he said, would you be interested in playing for the county? And I said, I would, yeah, no problem. I said, yes. Senior yeah. level? Senior yeah. level, yeah. Right. This was 1977, September 1977. Um, I would have been 17 at the time or thereabouts. Yeah. And... Um, He's, he, he was a selector on the Clare Senior team at the time. He said he was asked to come in and, and, and just asked you to travel. And um, he said, this was uh, probably a Wednesday evening. It was early in the week anyway. And he said, we have a match above in Galway in the Galen uh, trophy, he said, uh, against Galway next Sunday. Um, it's on at such a certain time. And Anthony Burke will bring you over. Anthony was living in Kilrush at the time. He was a quilty man and uh, he was living in Kilrush. And he said he'd give you a lift over and give me the times and the whole lot. So I hit it off that Sunday morning anyway with my bag under my arm thinking I was going up to have a look at the Galway team that were probably not maybe not the best in the country but they'd been the best five teams in the country at the time because they had won three in a row in, in, in the mid-60s, uh, mid to late 60s, and um, they had household names. Uh, arrived above in Galway anyway, and there was a, a bit of a meal in one of the hotels up there. And I remember Noel Welsh was a, a selector at that time as well, and he came over to me. And he said, uh, Noel, how are you doing? My name is Noel Welsh. I said, how are you doing? And he said, um, you're playing wing forward. I said, what? I said, you're, he said, you're, you're playing wing forward. And he said, uh, play the way you normally play and, and everything will be fine. And what happened was uh, Tommy Curtin from, from North Clare was, was picked at wing forward. Tommy would be one of the more experienced players at the time. But he had come down with flu. Right. And whatever number of people were there anyway, I suppose they were looking around and the only one that was left was me, I suppose, and, and, and they said, go in and play. 17 or 18 years 17, 17 at the time, yeah. yeah. And mm. sure, a young, bowl fecker now, you know, yeah. full of beans and everything, you know, everything would be grand-like, you know. Didn't phase you? No, I won't say it didn't phase me, but, you know, uh, 
who am I going to be marking? That's the first thing, you know, you'll be out in the field and you'll be looking down the field to see who's, who's number seven. I don't know what ten or who's number seven. Yeah. And as it turned out, it was a guy by the name of Johnny Hughes played with Galway at this stage now, maybe eight, nine, ten years, having a couple of middles in his pocket, all the middles in his pocket. Six foot two, fourteen stone, and here's a light little sprat coming in alongside him, like you know. So I, yeah. I decided from the word go, I wasn't going to hang around yeah. to wait to see what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and if anyone kept moving, I kept moving that day anyway. And we didn't do too bad. We got a few balls, and Declan Casey was full forward. I think he scored two, three the same day, right. and 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 uh, we beat Galway. We were victorious, oh, and it was a bit of a shock at the time. But at one stage in the match, in the second half, uh, I'd say Johnny was getting a little bit perturbed that, the, that this little sprat was getting out in front of him most of the time. Mm-hmm. And I was playing in front of Martin Keogh from Shannon Gales, a uh, oh, great man, fantastic footballer. And I knew Martin would put the ball in front of you every time, but just judge your run, just time your run. Mm-hmm. And of course, the first ball in the second half, Martin gets the ball and I little zigzag and out in front and the ball placed there in front. I turned around and the next thing I get this unmerciful fished. <laughs> now, lucky for me, it hit the ball but <laughs> it into, into the belly, into the belly and turned me upside down. You know, I was down the ground gasping for earth or gasping for air. Yeah. But before I was able to get up onto my knees, yeah. Johnny Hughes was below alongside me. Oh, <laughs> and Martin Kyo with his left hand, left finger, if you ever touch that young lady again, I'll take the head. Oh. <laughs> Brilliant. I swear Brilliant. to God, that, that is true. Yeah. That is pure true. So that was my first game. Oh, we beat. We, we actually you had won. your back cover from then. Like yeah, he was yeah, fantastic, Martin. Yeah, brilliant. but of course, a lot of people don't understand uh, or know that Martin Keogh was a Munster Junior boxer, right. even though he was only five foot eight yeah. and about twelve stone. Right. So he, as we say, he's able to handle himself, <laughs> and he was a good lad to have your back on any day. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll never forget that as long as I live, to be honest about it. Yeah, so that was that was the first game. We played a few league matches and that. And we'll say all, all through all through the end of the seventies there and eighties, we always had good teams. Mm. Well, I know we went to Crow Park playing uh, I think the Division Three final against Wexford, which we lost. We actually played above in Crow Park. And Michael Downs that I mentioned earlier on there that played with Kilkey mm. back in seventy four minor final. Um, was on that team and we had fantastic players um, we all you had, you had players I want to name players now again that, that, that you know you, you, the likes of Seamus Stocks, Pat Bigley Martin Kyo, um Michael Downs uh, Gerald Crow. oh they, you know they were all we had a hardcore of about maybe 14 15 players and the only thing that was holding us back that time, we couldn't get 25, 30 lads out to give the commitment that was required. Right. You, you'd have about maybe 13, 14 players that would be willing to do that. Right. You know, you had players there like Shawnee Maloney, Anthony Maloney, that would get on any county team yeah. at the time, any county team. Mm. And uh, unfortunately, you know, we could never pull together because 
the club scene was very strong that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of players, even though they'd be playing with the county, you know, they'd have the club at the back of their mind, you know, yeah. come, come June, July, you know, for the club championship and that. So yeah. I suppose that didn't help our cause, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And it wasn't until later on, you know, I suppose I'm going to move quickly forward now. Yeah, that was kind of the question I was going to ask you. Like, when did it all start farming? Yeah, well, I, I, I repeat myself by saying there was always good footballers playing with Clare. It's just that we didn't have enough of them mm. to yeah. give the commitment that was, that, was, yeah. that was required. You know, and the commitment, it was an enormous commitment. You know, and I'll go back to 1990. John Mohan came in in 1990. And I think the first training session he had, he had about 12. Go away. Yeah, and he comes in to the dressing room. Now, I knew John from my army days. Mm. And he comes into the dressing room, uh, tugged out, mm. with a male jersey on him. Right. And he sat down over in the corner, took off his shoes and put on his boots. And he got up off the... Off the and every, he didn't want anyone out in the field, he just wanted everyone inside the dressing room. Mm-hmm. And he came over and he shook my hand. He said, Noel, how are you doing? Noel, you're doing what I know here. Because he'd, we'd met on an army team. Yeah. And at that, he had a cap on at the time, took off the cap, took off the jersey, the male jersey, mm-hmm. and had a clear one on underneath. <laughs> he said, Very From good. today, I am a clear man. Brilliant. He said, Like that. And there's only 12 of us there now. Yeah. And we went out and we trained hard. We trained for about an hour and a half, 12 of us. Yeah. And we came in off the field and he said, Lads, we had 12 here today. I want another 12 the next day. Mm-hmm. I want 24 here the next day. And the word went out, you know, he came into the dressing room, he took off the jersey, put on the clear jersey. James, we mightn't have had 24, but we had about 20. Yeah, yeah. And I guarantee you, we never had less than 23, 24 players trained under John Mahan. And that's the difference. That's the big difference yeah. that was, we'll say, for uh, the team that was there, 91, 92, 93, 94. And what had gone before. It's just the numbers that were... Uh, that that you come to training, you know. But even John himself had that stature to try and pull players in, right? It was was he, was he coming in with that stature at the time? Well, John, I don't know if you know John Mahon. John Mahon was a six foot two, yeah, about thirteen and a half stone. He he had won an all an Ireland under twenty one with Mayo, mm. and had played senior yeah. with Mayo. Yeah, but he he did his cruciate, or he had a serious knee uh, um, injury. And uh, he was told not to play anymore. Right. So he had gone into this, you know, he had gone into management. management yeah, yeah. He, he had been involved in it with a few clubs and that, mm. uh, up, up, the, uh, up in Mayo. Mm. Um, but uh, I believe, you know, there's rumours and people talking about this, that, how people got involved. But it had to come from Norwich. Norwich would have been a, a colonel in the army. Mm. John, John would have been a lieutenant at that stage mm. in the army. And... Uh, he might have met him somewhere along the line or might have found out information and that was passed on. Right. But uh, I believe it was Tom Downs and, uh, and some other guy that went up and just asked him, would he, is he interested in taking over Clare? Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, and, and that's how, that's, how that, that's, that's, that's the story. It all, it snowballed, yeah. absolutely snowballed from there, you know. And uh, yeah. um, John was, I, I, I'm trying to make out his age, to be honest with you. If he was older than me at the time, that, that that's about it, like. Right. Yeah. You know, so I, I would have been about 30 at the time, 30, 31, 30 at the time in 1990. Mm-hmm. He'd have been 31, maybe 32. Go away. And he did every bit of the training that we were doing. Go away. Every bit of the training. Yeah. 
So um, I think that's, that's uh, kind of um, went well with the players as well. Mm. Because before this, you know, with all due respects to all, and some fine managers before, mm. you know, there was no one doing the, the lap of the field, there was no one doing the, the three-mile run, the four-mile run, the, yeah. you know, the 100-yard sprints, you name it. And then, of course, he introduced the uh, circuit training. Right. Which was a big thing. Not a level altogether. Yeah, we, we did it over in Flannans, and it wasn't fancy machines or anything like that. It just was um, ordinary weights. Yeah. And and he was an absolute animal oh, yeah. in the gym. Yeah. An absolute animal. He put us all to shame, like. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, and I think that drove us on as well. You know, that you know, that fella is not going to outdo me, that type of thing, you know. Yeah. I'm playing, he's only the manager, like, you know, so let's you know let's let's call a spade a spade mm. and he was he was an animal he he took he took uh, you know he, he was in great shape absolutely fantastic shape well he was setting standards wasn't he you know, he was setting standards and he wasn't asking us to do anything that he wouldn't do himself yeah and he did it himself mm. so that was 1990 so we were training hard from whatever it was october 1990 right through up to the end of the league of 91 and then we were drawn against Kerry over in the park in 91 championship and we were well beaten on the day. When I say well beaten now, I think we got within maybe 12 points of, maybe of them that day. They got two goals at the finish mm. to kill off the game. So um, again, we hadn't developed enough of, enough of the fitness at yeah. that particular time, even though we've had a winter strainer with him. Right. So he got us back training again in September and as luck would have it we um uh we we had the all island b now yes. again yeah. uh, i i'm very i'm very i think you who, who we actually way. played in the i can't remember the first couple of rounds but i know we played longford in the final and the, the final was played the following or sorry the, fi the final was played i think the end of november and it went to extra time, I and mean, we won an extra time. Now we were saying, what, what's that going to do for you? Mm -hmm. It meant that we were playing a league match this Sunday. We were playing an All-Ireland B the following Sunday. League match, All-Ireland B, league match, all the way through. Mm -hmm. And training at least twice, maybe three times a week. Or so you your constant match fitness plus your training. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Plus the All-Ireland B was knockout, straight knockout. Mm -hmm. Same as the championship. Yeah. And we got the winning feeling. We got, you know, you, you we were winning matches. Yeah. There's something about winning matches, Eddie, you know. Yeah. If you're going out losing a match, even though you play your best game and the whole lot, the team plays well, there's something missing. Yeah. Now we started winning. Mm. Yeah. And, and success breeds success. It does. And at the end of the All-Ireland B, now, the teams that were playing the All-Ireland B, I, I, I can't even... I, I can't I can't think exactly who was in, in it to be honest about it but mm. it gave us the feeling of winning mm. championship matches yeah. which we hadn't had much of mm. up to that yeah. and that I think behind the scenes that gave us an, an unbelievable incentive of going forward yeah. and it kept us going forward mm. and we were drawn against Tipperary in the semi-final of the, of the Munster Championship and lucky to beat him. Mm. You, you couldn't go into a Munster final in a better way as underdogs. Yeah. Playing poorly against Tipperary, beating the money by four pints. Yeah. Francis McInerney got two goals the same day. Yeah. 
and a beautiful summer's day blowing and the Gaelic rounds. But um, we eventually won it by four pints, qualified for the final. And of course, going in, no one gave us a chance. I'd say if you asked players individually in a, in a dark hall or somewhere, yeah. I'd say everyone would say, no, you know, we, have, we have the hope, you know. Yeah. But whatever happened that day, um, everything seemed to click. And the fitness we had built up and the confidence we had built up from the RLMB, winning the RLMB mm-hmm. and beating Tipperary in the first round of the, of, of the, of the championship um, definitely stood to us. Yeah. Because we had played with the breeze in the first half and we turned over seven points to six up. But it was important to go in ahead Just at half time. Yeah. And of course, everyone will talk about the two goals that were scored in the second half. Mm. Colin McClancy's goal, fantastic goal. Martin Daly's the 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 the, the Porter's goal, you know, right, yeah, unbelievable, yeah, you know. Little, sure. um, but I will always remember two other instances in that match. And one was a ball went out in the second half when the game was in the melting pot. Kerry were coming back at us, so only a few pints in it, and a ball came out towards their inline, right over at the corner flag, and Jerry Killeen was second, he was second coming to the ball. Yeah. And the carry full back went down it. And just as he was getting up with the ball in his hand, Jerry met him square on the shoulder. Yeah. And put him the ball in the hole out, out over the end man. Go ahead. Yeah. Fifty ball. Just roiled everyone up. At fifty. Right. Yes. Yeah. Did two things. It killed the game, kept the ball up at the near end of the field, right? That's yeah. the first thing. And as you said there, it gave us unbelievable impetus. Yeah. This is always... Well, you know, he's after putting that carry man down like. Yeah. yeah. Fairly and squarely now. Yeah, yeah. He was unbelievable. Yeah. And the other thing on that, in that match, again, when Kerry were coming back at us, and we were under severe pressure, James Hanlon made a magnificent save. Now, not, there isn't a whole lot talked about it. Mm. But if you go back and look at that match, and... and, and uh, I think we were we might have been just the three pints up at the time. Right. Might have been the three pints up. And he he made an unbelievable from Pele, I can still remember. Yeah. No one to be but the keeper coming in at a bit of an angle. And of course he had Kieran Manny breathing down his neck as well, like, you know. Yeah. yeah. And Manny took a lot of credit for that. Yeah. But um he made a fantastic save. Yeah. Put his body on the line. Yeah. Came out and smothered him. Um and there was of course at the very end of the match then. You two marvellous pints by Jerry Killeen mm-hmm. under severe pressure. Now, why I say they're marvellous pints? Jerry Killeen in the first half had a chance of scoring a penalty mm-hmm. and was saved. Yeah. Now, a lesser man would have bought and, and, and would have been dejected mm-hmm. and more than likely would have been replaced, not Jerry. Yeah. Jerry stood up and especially there in the last six, seven minutes, he put over two pints in a row. And they were not easy pints. Some character. Yeah. Incredible. Mm-hmm. And the game in the melting pot. Yeah. 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 I would have to remember that. Now, I don't remember a whole lot more about the match, to be honest with you. you know? Yeah. Yeah. But they stick in my mind. Yeah. All uh, right. There was a, a bit of a, I, I think there was disbelief, uh, both from the crowd and from the players in the, in the dressing room afterwards. Um, it was, it was, I don't know, surreal. That's all I can put it. Exactly, yeah. You know. Totally unexpected. And, Absolutely. Do you know, like, uh, I don't recall how many years it was before he had won anything previous to that. But uh, it, was, it was a long, long time. 
really. Yeah, Apart from the B finals, obviously. I think it was 75 years or something like that. Yeah, so yeah. Like, I think it was 75, yeah. 1917 or something like that, you know. I remember as a kid, all I can remember is the celebrations as a, as a youngster. Yeah. You know, and mm. I, I suppose the whole environment at the time, obviously Kilkee were at the top of their game as well, like, but... It was it was actually it was a lovely time, you know. Yeah, well, as I said before, Kilkee have a have this knack of raising their head above the parapet, which is a significant year in Clare football. Yeah. And yeah. of course, nineteen ninety two, we we won the county championship once again. That's it. In front of one of the biggest crowds. Yeah. That was ever seen at a county final. Yeah. yeah. No, there's there's people that say there was that many people in it, and there's other people that say there was this many people. Mm. But all all we know is the far over stand, the stand up stand, full. And uh, sit down stand as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so you can you can judge from that how many because a lot of people went to see that final. Uh, that would have been from the eastern part of the county. That would mm. be from the Holland side. Right. But they just wanted to see you know clear football. Um, the, uh, after winning a, a Munster final, there must be some good footballers in Clare, like you know, all of a sudden, you know, yeah. a lot of, a lot of people went there with just interest to see see the scene. Yeah. Yeah. So, needless to say. Coming, the, the, the coming home from that was extraordinary. Um, I, I, well, actually, going down to the match, I have to go back to going down to the match. Mm. There was, we, we met at the West County. Going down preparation and all that, yeah. yeah. How did all that go? Oh, the, you know, it, leading up to it didn't go too well on the day. Right. It, and maybe it worked to our benefit. Mm. Because we, um, we arrived at the West County, the match was on a half three, I think, yeah, half three. And we arrived at the West County, I think it was around half eleven in the morning. There was going to be teen sandwiches there and we were going to have a little chat and usual, you know, a little bit of a meeting and that. Uh, and that's one thing about John, he, he he wouldn't dwell too much on anything just before a match, you know. He doesn't want fellas getting too too excited. But all of a sudden, coming through the blowers that time, that was the ordinary landline yeah. that time, uh, there was a traffic jam. Right. In New Market. And it was all the way back to Clare Castle. So now, uh, I know Tom Downs was the liaison officer. He was saying, he would call John aside and he said, look at John, it's going to be hard to get down to this match. We mightn't be there on time. We're going to have to leave. And all of a sudden, there was whispers going around the place inside the yeah, West County. Yeah, got to get moving, yeah. So, because we're all going in cars. Mm. And uh, we decided to go by Quinn. Right. And it was a good job. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get in at the time. We were, we got in, we got in there a good hour beforehand and that. But sure, coming home was worse than going down. I mean, it was yeah. crazy coming home. I mean, I could imagine. Pete, the, the, the reception we got in every Clare Castle, Newmarket Clare Castle, um, there was an open, top, an open top bus. I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and then we got into the West County. I, I think it's the one and only time that the West County ran out of beer. You serious? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, people just couldn't get drinks. They were going all over the place. Yeah. Um, and then it was, I think on the night we went, the bus actually tried to get through Innes. Um, I don't know the streets too well there now, but we'll say mm-hmm. the, the Limerick Road. Then you went over there by Downs and Howards. Yeah. And came around by the Queens and up into the square. Right. I think we had to disembark the bus Go at the Queens and yeah. walk up because the crowd was so thick. So thick. And they had a stage set up above the, the Queens Hotel, or sorry, in the, in the square. And um, we only barely got up onto the stage. It was absolutely pandemonium, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then the following day, we met again at the West County and we were going on a tour of Clare. Right. And uh, I think we came back through Kilmahill. 
came to Guru Claire down into Kilrush. Um, and of course we came to Kilkee. I have to take a deep breath now. It's still, it's still fairly raw, mm. the reception we got in Kilkee, Jerry Kelly and myself, you know. Amazing. I remember, God be good to Charlie McGrath. He had the truck outside at uh, Burke's Garage. And um, we had to dis- dismount from the bus mm. and up at the, back, up at the back of the lorry. Yeah. And of course, this is the middle of July now. Mm. The town is packed, yeah. packed with people, you know. People coming from the west, you know, Navon, Corries, all in places. And lined the streets, yeah. absolutely lined the streets. And we went around the town, we went, to, went straight into O'Connell Street and passing the square. My father was there and he had this big flag. I don't know where he got it. I'd say it was off William Keane's house and I'm nearly certain it was off William Keane's house. Yeah. And he was waving this clear flag, waving it over and back. And of course, the lads, all the lads in the team knew, knew my father because he would have been, you know, he'd have drove a lot of them as young lads around the place. Yeah. Uh, and um, nothing would do him, stop the lorry and get the father up onto the, up onto the, up onto the back oh, of the lorry. Fantastic. And you know my father. He made oh, a meal yeah. of it. He made an absolute <laughs> meal of it. And he was above, it wasn't good enough to be above in the back of the lorry. Yeah. He got up in the cab of the lorry. Did he? And he was waving this flag on all the Cory streets and up the line. I swear, I, I was petrified. Yeah. And mortified, I suppose, as well. Yeah. But uh, well, there would, would be memories that uh, we didn't get out of Kilkee. The whole tour that time of, of the cup going around was at least two and a half, three hours behind schedule, you know. We were supposed to be in Dunbeg at, I think, 10 o'clock in the night. I think we got in there around half 12, 1 o'clock. My goodness. And the reception we got in there because that was the final that yeah. was the final stop on the Monday. Yeah, yeah. Oh God above yeah. tonight. It was yeah. incredible, you know. I could only imagine now, yeah. Tommy Tuberty's, you know, yeah. big lounge bar there. Yeah. Great And the people in there, the music flying. Mm. It was absolutely unbelievable. A great night, a great night. But of course Fantastic. We, we should when, have. When did it all end? That's what I'd love to know. <laughs> I think it's still going. Yeah, I think yeah, it's still exactly. going. To be honest about it, there's a few lads that are still <laughs> getting a few pints out of it. You know. <laughs> but um, in fair, in fairness, uh, I think it was Thursday. Because we, we, I, yeah, I had to tell one other little story about. Um, we went up North Clareway uh, on Tuesday again. Met in the West County. Mm. I went out by. I think it was out by Rowan and in by our October and yeah. around that way and, and we've told, late in the night then we came through Le Hinch and between Le Hinch and Milltown there's a place called Renin mm-hmm. I yeah. don't know if it means anything to you Eddie but it was the Renin ambush back, right. in, back in the oh, 19 I know, I know where the monument is yes, yeah, yeah. 1921 yeah. or thereabouts there was an ambush there where, yeah. where the, the local IRA uh, attacked um uh, a group of policemen that were that were travelling there, mm-hmm. but uh, Jojo's country, Jojo Ryan, that's Jojo Ryan's country, yeah, you know. Yeah. And his father and his grandfather were there at the time, mm-hmm. and um, we we were so far behind schedule that we couldn't stop anymore. Right. I mean, people were stopping us at crossroads between between villages and towns, and that even though we were stopping in town, people would stop. We have to get out oh, and yeah. feed a cup. Even so John Mohan said to the driver we're not stopping any don't stop whatever happens don't stop anymore but we got as far as Ronin 
And I think it was an S and car that was pulled across the road or something. I'm not really sure. It was something pulled across. It had to stop. Yeah, yeah. And nothing would do only team out and, and say hello because it was Georgia's country anyway, you know. Mm. And Brendan, Brendan Ryan was there as well. Yeah. But of course, they came out and there were the usual uh, applause and the whole lot. And we were talking, it's dark now. This is pitch dark, probably 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. It was pitch dark. And the next thing, there was a volley of shots. No way. A volley of shots. So, well, everyone nearly took cover. They didn't know, no one knew nothing what was happening. Yeah. Uh, Jojo's father, uh, more than likely his grandfather, and about three other guys yeah. were inside in the field over a ditch. Right. And they had shotguns. Go away. And they fired, whatever it was, ah, two double barrel shotguns up into the air. Go away, Ornos. Yeah. My goodness. Well, it was, you know, it was something something else yeah, yeah. no I was in the army at the time but yeah. even so you know yeah. because you weren't expecting anything like this no one said anything you know no one yeah. said not one blessed thing like and, and let off let off the, the five shots my goodness yeah that, uh, yeah, that, that yeah, was fantastic but anyway it, it all came to it all came to an end I think on the Thursday mm-hmm. now for most of us there was a few lads that kept it going as long as they could <laughs> and of course the All-Ireland semi-final was coming up um I think it was three weeks from the from the Munster final mm. against Dublin, of course. Yeah. <coughs> and uh, we trained hard for it. Mm. And uh, the thing I remember most about uh, the, the training period uh, coming into right. that was uh, the number of people coming to watch us training. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> from a ta- from spiked. a from a time now of training outside in Crucian and wind, rain, snow, frost. You yeah. know, and, and muck. Yeah. Now, to be trained inside in Cusick Park, and I would say a thousand people oh, well. watch, watch, watching, tra- watch the, watching the training session. Yeah. I think for a finish, we had to close the gates. Go away. Yeah. Oh, well. And then we had an open, an open night to choose the night before the, before the All Ireland final. Mm. And, uh, oh, sorry, the All Ireland semi final. Not far off a full house, I'd imagine. And uh, all, all the media were there, all the mm. national media, local media, the whole lot were there, you know. And it's just a night that's given to the media. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the sporters were in there, and then uh, young, the, a lot of um, signatures signed, mm. jumpers, you know, everything. Yeah. Signed yeah. and all that. All, get that out of the way early in the week and, and, and move on, like, you know. And focus, yeah. Yeah, and focus in, and focus okay. in. But um, that's what I can remember of that, anyway, leading up to it. And how, how, mind me asking, how did you respond to all that? Did you actually mind? It, it was new to us. media attention stuff? Uh, no, you don't want that. Yeah. No, you, don't, you want to get it out of the way, get it done as, as quickly as possible and get, get it out of the way, um, do your duty, whatever your duty you have to do. If you're mm-hmm. called, they might look for certain players to give a, give a few words, mm-hmm. um, paper, you know, or something like that. So you go over there and that, that'd be it. But... Um, yeah, the vast majority would be John took a lot of the, the flack there yeah. you know, John Mohan yeah. he, he would have taken a lot of the flack um, and of course Noel Walsh mm. Noel Walsh was very good to speak right. excellent to speak we, we, we kept as, as low a profile as we could mm. you know yeah. but uh, not easy yeah. because you would be getting the phone call at home as well I can imagine you know yeah. so um, our preparation even though it was good it wasn't proper for an all-around semi-final. Okay. Uh, it, could, it could have been better just because there was distractions. Yeah. You know, not taking anything away from Dublin on the day. They were a better team on the day, and, and I, I won't say anything 
about Dublin on the day, you know. Uh, a couple of decisions went their way, fair enough. Mm. But, you know, we had enough of chances, we had enough, enough of the ball to say, you know, if we were totally on our game, we probably would have won the game, you know. Right. But anyway, look at Was it a full house on the day? Oh, yeah. Full house, absolutely. And was that the biggest crowd you've ever played? Um, I'd say it was. Yeah. Yeah, I think there was 65,000. Right. And played in Dublin, yeah. the heart of Dublin, yeah. Crow Park. Uh, and what I must say, um, that was a time now when live matches were very few and far between. Mm. Provincial finals weren't live. Yeah. Right? You get the, you get the highlights that night. Mm-hmm. But the All-Ireland semi-finals were live. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that was the first time that a Clare football team would have played live on television. Right. So that would play in your mind a bit. Yeah. You know, it's something that would be in the back of your mind. Mm. But at the same time, um, it didn't distract us. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have distracted us. Yeah. There was about sixty-five thousand people at the match. I I don't know where the people got their tickets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> played in the heart of Dublin. Yeah. Crop Park. Uh, it was believed out of the sixty-five thousand, there was definitely fifty thousand from Clare. Go away! My goodness. Now people yeah. people came from all over the country. Mm. Clare people came from all over the country. Yeah. To support the county and abroad, came, sure. It came from all over the world as well, mm. all over the world, yeah. and uh, a lot of people just couldn't get tickets. Mm. Yeah. No, the the players were given. I think I think they were given about well, ten tickets at the time, but they'd only barely cover sure, your family. Yeah. Cover your family, you exactly. know. Or it, it was pandemonium for tickets. Mm. The first time that Clare would have played in a, an Ireland semi final since nineteen seventeen, you know. Mm. So. And can I just ask you, how did you kind of switch off? Like, okay, you know, being from Kilkee, being around the town, walking around, you know, people are coming up to you, they're talking about the game constantly. Mm. You know, did that affect you in any way? You know? <sighs> not not okay. really, no. no. Um, you took it in your stride, I, I, so. I, I won't say I took it in my stride. No, Jesus, no. no, absolutely not. But that wouldn't be my part of playing football, right. you know. Yeah. Uh, the playing the football is on the field. Yeah. You know, I, I enjoy playing football immensely yeah and that's what i would be looking forward to mm. uh, let, let's get this out of the way yeah and let's get on with the real thing that that me and just to bring you back to we'll say the capacity that you played in mm. you know like you were running out onto the pitch there now like you know a first breaking ball like is it just okay it's another game or yeah yeah you know, it's how did you shake off the butterflies or yeah. did you have any i i would look at i'd be very nervous before a championship game very mm. you know the, the real important games um, I, everything would have to be right with me. That's going down to the, the lint of cog on the boot, Brilliant. that type of thing, you know, yeah. having the right gloves, you know, yeah. even cutting your toenails, that type of thing, yeah. that type of detail. I I, I'd be in, you know, yeah. cutting your fingernails, yeah. have them all done. Yeah. Uh, anything that would prevent you from playing to the your yes. full capabilities, yeah. Gotcha. And, um, of course you'll be nervous. Mm. You want to do well. You know, you don't want to let you don't want to let yourself down. You don't want to let your family down. You don't want to let your club down. You don't want to let your county down. Mm. You know? Yeah. And and uh I I, I took it fairly serious. Yeah, uh, you know. And I, I would be nervous before any game, but um, it would take about two or three minutes, you know. People say, Oh the first ball will come in. It might be the first ball because you mightn't get the first ball. Yeah. Now you're getting really nervous. Yeah. You know, you have to get the next one. Yeah. But if you can put the bad first ball out of your head, mm. 
and work off the second one. You know, you can't do anything about the first ball that's after go- that's gone. You mm. can, but you can do something about the second one. Yeah, exactly. Well mm. said. Well said. Yeah, I suppose it's worth mentioning, Eddie. Um, like, after the fantastic year of '92, yeah, um, a lot of people, I suppose, forget that we played in Division One there for, I'd say, two to three years. And we went, I can remember playing in front of people in Division 4 of the National League. No disrespect to Division 4 of the National League. But you wouldn't have 20 people below in Limerick in Askeaton. Yeah. You wouldn't have maybe 100 people in, in Milltown mm-hmm. playing Waterford. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, no, we were playing teams like Down. We had Dublin in the park. The down match especially, because they, they were after winning an All-Ireland there, I think, in, was it 91? Mm-hmm. And, and you had household names on that team. And they came down. And there must have been, I think there was about sixteen or 17,000 people in the park. No way. Watching it. Yeah. And I, if my memory serves me right, we either drew or, or beat them. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. yeah. I think Dublin beat us all right in the park. Big crowd there that day. Oh, massive crowd. There was only a couple of pints in it. Yeah. But uh, we had fantastic matches there. We, we were having three or four games at home. Division one of the league. And every one of those matches, you, you'd have 12, 13, 14,000 people. Yeah. You know. Great. A lot of people, you know, people would forget that. Yeah, of course, yeah. That it wasn't just 92. I mean, yeah. 93 and 94, we were still playing division one football. Mm. And playing at a very high standard. And holding our own. Holding your own is right. Yeah. We got to the we got to the National League semi final in '93 against Donegal. Donegal won the All Ireland final in '92. They beat Dublin in the final. Yeah. And uh, and they beat as well in the semi final. And I think after that match, after that match, we played Cork in the championship. About oh. It was only about six or seven weeks later, I'd say. And we fell flat against Cork. Mm. And it was knockout that time. Yeah. Got one chance, that was it. That was it, gone. Uh, Colin, Colin Corkery that day uh, played magnificently well. And uh, we just couldn't hold him on the day. All right, there was only, I think, four pints in it in the finish, or five pints maybe in the finish, but they were the better team all the way through in the story. And that was that was the that was the beginning of the end of that team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the I suppose the, the downside of the knockout was that you had such a great team, but yes, you had to wait another year to get back into championship in order to Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah whereas yeah. if you had kind of a, a round robin system or, you know, a league yeah. basis. And to compound that ninety three, Cork. Ninety four, Tipperary. Yeah. Now Tipper you know, Tipper they wouldn't have been at our standard, but they were very close to the standard we were playing at. All through, mm. even in '92, I mean, we only beat them by four points. Yeah, yeah. And then they 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 played us in '94, and they beat us by one point below Limerick. And Johnny Inroy was playing wing back the same day, and I can remember him. And I I I will say to this day that it was a pint. Mm. He had a shot. With, to get the referee blowing the final whistle All right. to level the game yeah. and it, he, uh, the referee said it went over the post rather than went inside it and I, and I was right behind Johnny that day and it definitely went inside the post yeah. but anyway look at that that's, that's history now as I said yeah. but that, that, yeah. 
that compounded everything that had happened. 92 losing the semi-final, 93 losing to Cork, and now we're 94. Yeah. Lo- losing to Tipperary, you know, we were on a slippery slope there, you know. In our next episode, we'll have Noel discuss some of the major highlights of his time playing in four series of the international compromise rules for Ireland against Australia. So stay tuned. Should be